Hey everybody, welcome to the Agios Dose. My name is Bill Dykstra. Today is July 26th, and we're commemorating today St. Moses the Hungarian. So I'm pretty excited to tell you today about St. Moses because I think he's someone, you know, he's from the back catalog. I think he's from the archives of kind of Slavic, Rusin, hagiographical tradition. Because, well, at least I've never heard of him before, but that doesn't mean anything. But after having read about his story from Nestor the Chronicler, I'm pretty excited. I think you're going to like today's story. I think you're going to like um, like today's St. St. Moses. So as I said his story today comes from Nestor the Chronicler, from the primary um, from the primary chronicle, and in the primary chronicle, that his the name his spelling of the name is like the old Slavic version of the name. It's like Moise, Moisej, but I'm not going to be saying Moisej every time it's written as Moisej. I'm just going to, as I go, just say Moses. So if you're ever looking up the Primary Chronicle and you're reading it and you're like, hey, who's this Saint Moisej? It's Moses. So we're first introduced to Saint Moses as being the brother to George, Saint Boris's Hungarian servant. You'll remember from the last episode, the episode on Saints Boris and Gleb, that Boris had that servant that he was great friends with that he had an affinity for who he gave the golden necklace to that the I think it was the Varangians took the necklace by chopping off the head of the servant that was George Moses's brother so they're very close to the royal family the chronicle then details the resulting power struggle that followed the deaths of Boris and Gleb and will include George by Sviatopolk Sviatopolk um known as the Accursed, gained control over the Kievian Rusin kingdom. But their brother, Yaroslav, who will one day be known as Yaroslav the Wise, he defeats Slavopolk in battle. Sviatopolk then retreats to Poland and convinces the king of Poland, Boroslaw, to come with him back into battle to regain the crown of the Kievian Rus back from his brother Yaroslav. Upon Sviatopolk's arrival back into the lands of Kievian Rus with Boroslaw, he does win again against Yaroslav the Wise, taking again the reins of the kingdom. Now it's after that victory that Boroslaw, the king of Poland, then takes people back with him as slaves. He takes the sisters of Yaroslav, um, which are essentially also the sisters of Sviatopolk. I don't really know how that works. And he takes the boyars of Yaroslav, and he takes the servants, including among those is Moses the Hungarian. Now, Moses is identified as being this strong, formidable man and very handsome, and they needed to use extra chains and made sure that he was really fastened and, and not really able to move about out of free will. And this is essentially where the story begins, as Moses is being carried back to Poland with Borislaw in chains. And what always happens to handsome, formidable men wrapped in chains is that they're always approached by women, and never the best kind. This is where the primary chronicle starts. There was a certain noble woman, young, beautiful, and possessing great wealth and power, 
When she saw Moses, she was struck by the beauty of his vision she had seen, and her heart was pierced with desire for this venerable man. She began to speak seductive words to him, saying, You are a sensible man. There is no point in you experiencing such torments. You could set yourself free from this suffering and bondage. Moses said to her, If that be God's will. The woman said to him, If you will submit to me, I shall set you free and make you great throughout the Polish land. You will be master of me and all my dominions. But the Blessed One, aware of her lavish desires, said to her, What man who has taken a woman and become subject to her has ever amended his life? When Adam, the first man created, submitted to a woman, he was driven out of paradise. Samson, who excelled all men in strength and was victorious over warriors, was finally betrayed to a foreign people by a woman. Solomon, who attained the most profound wisdom, worshipped idols when he, was, when he yielded to a woman. Herod, after winning many victories, finally became enslaved and beheaded John the Baptist. So why should I, who am now free, make myself a slave to a woman whom I have never known from the time of my birth? She said to him, But I shall ransom you and make you famous, and set you up as lord of my household. I want to have you as my husband. Just do as I wish. Comfort the longing of my soul, and let me have my fill of your beauty. Your desire is sufficient, for I cannot bear that your fairness should perish without reason. Let the burning in my heart cease, and let me have rest from my thoughts, and respite from my passion." and you will enjoy my beauty, and be lord of all I possess, the heir to my dominion, and the senior to all my boyars. But the blessed Moses said to her, You know very well that I shall not do as you wish. I want neither your power nor your wealth. Purity of soul, and even more purity of body, are better than all of that. May it not happen that I destroy the efforts of the five years which the Lord has permitted me to suffer in these fetters. Since I do not deserve to suffer such torments, I hope that I shall be delivered from eternal torment because of them. Then the woman, seeing that she would be deprived of his beauty, and with the devil suggesting another course, thought, If I ransom him, he will be completely subject to me, and not of his own free will. So she sent a message to the man holding him, told him to take as much money as he wanted and hand Moses over to her. This man, seeing an opportunity of acquiring wealth, took from her one thousand silver grivna and handed Moses over to her. She then dragged him off forcibly and shamelessly to unseemingly activity. After she had gotten him in her power, she ordered him to attach himself to her. Having released him from his fetters, she clothed him in costly garments and fed him with tasty food. Compelled by her love, she embraced him and forced him to satisfy her desire. The Venerable One, seeing the woman's folly, was even more diligent in prayer and fasting, preferring for God's sake dry bread and water, drunken purity to costly food, and wine drunken in iniquity. Not only did he pull off his one shirt like Joseph, 
but he also removed all his clothes and fled from sin, considering the life of this world to be of no value. This so angered the woman that she tried to starve him to death. But God does not abandon his servants who put their trust in him. He moved the heart of one of the women's servants to compassion, and he gave him some food secretly. Other people sought to change his mind, saying, Brother Moses, what prevents you from getting married? You are still young, and she is a widow who lived with her husband for only one year. She is beautiful, more than other women, and possesses immeasurable wealth and great power in Poland. If she had felt inclined to marry a prince, he would not have shunned her. But you, a captive dependent on her will, do not wish to be her lord? If you say, it cannot, you cannot disobey Christ's commandments, does Christ not say in the gospel, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh? Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh? And the apostle says, It is better to marry than to burn. And he orders widows to enter into a second marriage. You do not follow the monastic way of life. You are free, so why do you submit yourself to wicked and miserable torments? Why are you suffering like this? If you should die in this wretched state, what glory will you have? Who, from the first men until now, except monks, have shunned women? Did Abraham, or Isaac, or Jacob? Joseph won the battle for a short time, and then he was defeated by a woman. If you lose your life now, you will have been defeated by a woman. Who will not laugh at your folly? It is better for you to submit to this woman and be free and be the master of all. He said to them, My brothers and good friends, you mean me well, but I believe that the argument you set before me is more insidious than the whispering of the serpent in the Garden of Eden. You are trying to make me submit to this woman, but I in no way can take your advice. Even if I should die in these fetters and cruel torments, I am completely confident that I will receive God's mercy. Even if all those righteous men were saved, though they had wives, I alone am a sinner, since I cannot be saved with a wife. But if Joseph had yielded to Potiphar's wife, he would not afterwards have become a ruler. God saw his patience and gave him a kingdom, and so he was honored among his people as a chaste man, although he begot children. But I do not wish to receive the kingdom of Egypt, or be master of lands, or be a great man in Poland, or appear honored throughout the land of Rus. I have despised all these things for the sake of the higher kingdom. If I escape with my life from the hands of this woman, I shall become a monk. For what did Christ say in the gospel? Every one that hath forsaken his father or mother or wife or children or home, he is my disciple. Should I not obey Christ rather than you? And the apostle says, He that is married careth how he may please his wife, but he that is unmarried careth not, careth how he may please God. Now I ask you, whom is it better to serve, Christ or a wife? It is written, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters for good and, for, and not for evil. 
Let it be clear to you who behold me in your power that I shall never be beguiled by a woman's beauty, nor separated from the love of Christ. When the woman heard about this, she adopted a cunning plan in her heart. She sat him on a horse with many servants and ordered them to take him through the villages and cities that were subject to her, saying, All these things are yours, if they please you. Do what you like with all of them. To the people, she said, This is your Lord and my husband. Let all who meet him prostrate themselves before him. For there were many who served her, both men and women. The Blessed One laughed at her folly and said to her, You are taking this trouble in vain. You cannot entice me with the corruptible things of this world, nor rob me of my spiritual riches. Understand this, and do not trouble yourself in vain. The woman said to him, Do you not know that you should have been sold to me? Who will take you out of my hands? I shall never let you go alive. I shall never deliver you to death after many tortures. He answered fearlessly, I am not afraid of what you said, but he who handed me over to you has a greater sin. For my part, I shall henceforth be a monk, if that is God's will. At that very time, a certain monk from the Holy Mountain, a priest by rank, came to the Blessed One under God's direction and invested him with the angelic habit, having instructed him at length about purity and about not showing his back to the enemy and how to deliver himself from this lurcherous woman. He departed from him. A search was made for this man, but he could not be found. Then the woman, despairing of her hopes, began to inflict severe wounds on Moses. She ordered him to be stretched out and beaten with a rod until the ground was covered with blood. Those beating him said to him, Submit yourself to your mistress and do as she wishes. If you disobey, we shall break your body to pieces. Do not think that you will escape these tortures, but you will give up your soul in agony after prolonged torture. Have mercy on yourself. Get rid of these poor clothes and dress yourself in costly garments. Avoid the torments that are waiting for you before we touch your flesh. Moses answered, Do as you have been told, brothers, and do not delay. It is impossible for me to renounce my monastic state and my love of God. No torture of any kind, neither fire, nor sword, nor wounds, can separate me from God or from this great angelic habit. This shameless and deluded woman has demonstrated her shamelessness. Not only has she shown no fear of God, but she even shows contempt for human shame by wantonly forcing me to wickedness and adultery. I shall neither submit to her nor do this accursed woman's bidding. The woman was much concerned about how to avenge her disgrace, and she sent to Prince Borislaw, saying, You know that my husband was killed while campaigning with you, and that you have granted my wish that I may take whomever I want as my husband. I have fallen in love with one of your captives, a handsome young man. I ransomed him, took him into my house, and gave him a large amount of gold. All the gold and silver and authority in my house I have given him. But he sets absolutely no value on these things. I have often tormented him with wounds and hunger, 
but this was not enough for him. He was kept in fetters by his captor for five years. During the sixth year, he has been with me and has suffered much at my hands because of his disobedience, which he brought on himself, though his, through his own stubbornness. Now he has been tonsured by some monk. Whatever you order to be done with him, I shall do. Borislaw ordered her to come to him and to bring Moses with her. The woman came to Borislaw and brought Moses with her. When Borislaw saw the venerable one, he tried hard to make him take the woman, but he could not persuade him. He said to Moses, Is there anyone so lacking in sense as you? You are depriving yourself of so many benefits and so much honor and have submitted yourself to these cruel tortures. You know that from now on you are faced with a choice between life and death. Either you must do as your mistress wishes, be honored by us and have great power, or if you disobey, you will be put to death after many tortures. He said to the woman, None of the prisoners ransomed by you is to be set free, but do as you wish, like a mistress to a slave, so that the others will not dare to disobey their masters. Moses answered, What does the Lord say? What is man profited if he shall gain the whole world? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Why do you promise me glory and honor, which you yourself will soon lose, when you will come to your grave with no possessions at all? And this wicked woman will meet with a cruel death. This prophecy of the venerable man was indeed fulfilled. The woman, having gained greater power over him, shamelessly dragged him off to sin. On one occasion she forced him to lie with her on her bed, kissing him and embracing him, but she was unable by this means to entice him and to make him do what she wanted. The Blessed One said to her, Your efforts are in vain. Do not think that I am useless or unable to do this thing. For the love of God I shun you as an unclean woman." Hearing this, the woman ordered him to be beaten with a hundred strokes every day. Finally, she ordered that his private parts be cut off, saying, I shall not spare his beauty, so that no one else may enjoy it. Moses lay like a dead man from loss of blood, scarcely able to breathe. Borislaw was filled with shame because of the woman's high position and her former love, and he gave into her whims by instigating a great persecution of the monks and drove and drove all of them out of his dominions. God speedily avenged his servant. One night, Borislav died suddenly, and a serious rebellion broke out throughout the Polish land. The people rose up and killed their bishop and boyars, as we are told in the Chronicle. This woman, who was also killed at that time, the Venerable Moses recovered from his wounds and came to the Holy Theotokos in the cave's monastery, a valiant victor of Christ, bearing a martyr's wounds and a confessor's crown. The Lord granted him power over the passions. A certain brother who had been attacked by thoughts of unchastity came and begged the Venerable One to help him. He said, Whatever you advise, I shall do until my dying day. The Blessed One said to him, Never speak to any woman throughout your life. He eagerly promised to do this. The Holy One had a stick in his hand, for he could not walk because of his wounds, 
and he struck the monk with it on the breast. Immediately his private parts lost all feeling, and henceforth had no more trouble. Oh my! These facts about Moses are written in the life of the Holy Father Anthony. Since this blessed man had come during the Holy Anthony's lifetime, he died in the Lord in the fullness of faith after spending ten years in the monastery. He had suffered in bonds as a captive for five years and then a sixth year for his chastity. I can remember how the monks were driven out of Poland because he was tonsured and gave himself to God, whom we loved. Man, saints are intense. Saints are really intense. I, I like that last part at the end. That was pretty funny. But um, yeah, I really appreciate and love the story of St. Moses the Hungarian. And I think I'm going to get an icon of him eventually one day. I think I'm going to develop a, a devotion to him. So before I end today's podcast, I would like to talk shop. So this is this is my season finale. This is this is the end of season one for me, ending with Saint Moses. And uh, man, we did a lot of episodes. I I didn't do a final count, but I think we did close to sixty, like sixty, sixty since April. That's that's insane. And though I would love to continue working at that pace, I really don't think I can keep it up with family life, work, and having you know a healthy reading life. Um, it has been difficult for me to keep up um, and not be recording on the same day as the podcast is released. That was beginning to happen more and more, and I don't really like that. I think if you're going to do something, you do it well, and not merely all the time. So, here are my plans for Season 2. Season 2 will begin again in September and will run to the first week of December. And I've begun to cherry-pick which saints I want to cover and and kind of highlight the ones that I think are important for us to look at both as Eastern Christians and as a Ukrainian Catholic. So, we won't have a saint of the day for each day of the week. It'll be less content, essentially. But what will hopefully happen is that each episode will be taken, will be more of an event. And I can put more time into it and I can, you know, expand and do other things like maybe have like a guest host, like read the saint's life and then, you know, talk to someone about what they got from it instead of just me kind of talking to myself. And I have other ideas too, but I think I'll leave it at that. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. This has been your dose of Agios. St. Moses the Hungarian, pray for us.